well. I'm excited to be here. Um, as you say, my name is Richard Hurley. I, um, I'm from Livingston. I, I just recently graduated in May for, um, from Liberty University. I got my master's in divinity and theology and um, completely blown away that, that Pastor Allen asked me to speak today. I mean, he's such a good guy. And when he asked me, I was in shock. I was like, really, me? You want me? And this is, this is like the most intense trust fall. I've ever been in, in I'll take a part of, um, but I love him, love him to death. He's such a great pastor. You guys are so lucky to have him. Um, I have two kids and a wife. They couldn't be here today because my wife works mental health, and she didn't get in until like four in the morning. And uh, I guess you can't put a schedule on on mental health, you know. So she blink, she sends her love and her blessings. Whatnot. But um, without further ado, I'd like to open up in a, in a prayer and then get started. Um, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that you've brought me from Livingston to here to experience um, just what a welcoming church feels like. Um, I feel so welcome and just, just at home here. Everyone's been such a blessing, God. And I just, I love you and I praise you, I guess, that. Um, but the Holy Spirit guides my words today, and whoever needs to hear it will hear it. And I just love you and praise you. And everything that comes out of my mouth is from you. I just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the title of this sermon is Yahweh Rapha, you know, God or the Lord that heals. Because I know that, that he is capable of fully restoring your body, your mind, and your spirit. Um, we live in a world that's characterized as brokenness. I'm, I'm sure we've seen it. It's all over the news. It's all over, um, well, everywhere, everywhere you really look. And um, full of sickness, disease, sin, death, and let's face it, unhappy endings. But we're thrown right in the middle of it. And as God's um, children, we shine through it, right? Amen. And it's important to remember that through all this, that the Lord is our healer and his word is our medication in a sense. And dare I say it, our vaccine that defends us from this broken world. Amen. You know, we get Christ's antibodies is what I like to talk about. Um, and we speak scripture over our lives and into our lives and others does wonders. Um, but only because it comes from God. It originates from Him. All healing begins and ends with Him. I want to read this passage in uh, Mark 10, 46 through 52 when uh, they were going through Jericho and Jesus cured the blind beggar. When they reached Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large group followed Him. The blind beggar Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. 
They called to the blind man, cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat and jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do, with, uh, do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. <laughs> can you imagine four men just being blind your whole life? And the first thing you see when that goes away, you're cured, is the face of Jesus. How do you look at the rest of the world after that? I mean, that's, that's a view that you just can't. You know, it's everything's just dull, but you had the face of Jesus, the first thing you saw. Yeah. Now you have to try to <laughs> see the world. Yeah. So amazing. The enemy wants you to believe that you're insignificant to God. He wants you to believe that he doesn't have time for your petty requests, your petty problems, your little prayers. He wants you to believe that and dwell on that. When Bartimaeus called out to Jesus, the people around him told him, be quiet. Jesus is a busy man. Right. You know what he's doing right now? He doesn't have time for you. But contrary to their belief, he stopped everything. And he was on his way to the cross to reunite us with the Father. He was going to save humanity. Mm. But he stopped for this blind beggar who was considered had no social economic wealth or, or, or value. He was just a stain on the road according to society. But he stopped and he addressed him. I look about those verses. He asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He knew, everyone could, with eyes, no pun intended, could see that this man wanted to see. <laughs> right? But he still asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And man said, I want to see. He asked what was seemingly the most impossible thing. But that's, that's the realm that God works. He works in the realm of impossible. Because what is supernatural to us is natural to God. Right? And despite the fact that people were telling Bartimaeus, just be quiet, man, just be quiet. He called out even louder. And that's why Jesus said that your faith has healed you because he reached down into his faith voice and he got louder than the lies of the enemy. He smothered them out. And sent the enemy trembling. Ephesians 3.12 says, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with the freedom and confidence. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident in our Lord. My God has my best interests at hand. We can rest assured that he wants to help us in every and any way possible. And to him be the glory. He only asks that we trust in him, that we have faith in him, and we believe in him. Has anyone here ever heard of the um, a story of a uh, pastor Dwayne Miller, who lost his voice due to uh, nerve damage? 
and miraculously received it back. And it was on, it's all caught on, on audio too, it's really amazing. In 1990, a, he had contracted a flu virus. And this virus essentially attacked his vocal folds and it severely damaged his nerves to the point where it was, it was irreversible, right? Um, and he was unable to speak. And you know, being a pastor, I don't have to tell you that, that's a pretty important part of your job, mm -hmm. is to be able to speak. And he went on to say that everything that I had ever done for a living was connected to my ability to speak and suddenly my toolkit was gone. Everything he had done to get to where he was, he lost it because he had to step down as a lead pastor. He's seen 63 specialists on their team, totaling over 200 doctors. And they all had tried to diagnose and treat him, and they determined it was, it was irreversible. He had been left with a voice that sounded like the worst case of laryngitis he'd ever heard. In fact, he described it as a 24-7 choking, as if somebody had his throat and was just applying massive pressure. In order for him to speak audible for us to hear, he had to scream at the top of his lungs. And he lived like that for a few years until one day he was at his church and they were they had a, a Bible book series that they would do every month. And the person that was supposed to teach that was gone. I don't know why if they were just on vacation, but they had to find a replacement. They asked him to be a temporary in it. And he's like, I can't do this. No one's going to hear me. They're like, well, we'll just listen really hard. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what they told him. I think, I, think, I think they knew that that was what he felt God was calling him to, and he couldn't do it anymore. So they tried to give it to him. And despite all the, the doubt and the, um, the words in his head telling him he can't do it, he agreed. And sometime later when he was teaching this lesson, you can hear in his audio that I'm going to play for you soon that his voice starts off really bad, and all of a sudden it just starts coming back. Mm. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the way God works, and His timing is so amazing because this was a curriculum that was assigned to the branch, the church that he was at, and all the branches across the, the U.S. It wasn't his own sermon, and it was about God's healing power. And in the middle of that, he was healed, and his was the, was the only church. That was recording that day. Grace. So, uh, actually, do you, do you want to play that for us? Yeah. Let's just go. So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now, you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess, and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does the things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me. And 
say that, every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true, won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry, that's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in the box both ways. He doesn't want to be in the box. So, Psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. Wow. <clears throat> we both had We've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. understand this right now. I'm both overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, that's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities, that's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Did you hear the emotion? his voice he said at that moment 
felt that hand that was gripping his throat when he said the word pit just let go. Amazing. Man. I mean, I still get chills hearing it. It's such an and He went, he did go and, and have his voice checked. I didn't just believe the doctor said, well, your voice is completely restored. We don't know what happened. But we know what happened. Amen. During the interview, um, Miller explained how far the end of his rope he had gotten, living like that, in fear. Everything he drank, he thought that was it. Everything he ate, he thought he was going to choke on. Living his life like that for three years took a toll on him, on his mental health, his physical health, and his spiritual health. At this point, everything he had ever done was taken from him. At least in his mind, it was gone. So he lost all hope. And this is, I'm going to read this word for word from this article. It says, two days previous, I sat in my I sat for hours in my living room with a shotgun in my mouth. I had come to the end of myself. He he was ready to just be done with it. He had lost complete faith. He came through this on January of 93 and was scheduled to teach Psalm 103, which was the curriculum, as I said, for the Bible book series. But Miller had said he had never experienced more feeling of conflict and doubt. I stood to teach a class of 150 or more on that morning. I had never been more emotionally drained than I was that morning. I had never been uh, in a situation with, where I had less faith than I did that morning. And God healed him. God saw him through, but he, it was in God's timing. Sometimes we have to come to the end of ourselves before we give the reins to God. Amen. Sometimes we have to let go and let God, right? Miller talks about the fact that he didn't pull the trigger being the ultimate miracle. But God performed a physical, mental, and spiritual healing on him that day. And, and Pastor Miller, he's still preaching God's word today. Full voice. He's just as strong as he ever was. I highly encourage you guys to read the, the article. There's so much to it. I just kind of gave you the, so good. But sometimes we want instant gratification. We come from a world that things are at our fingertips. I went to Yellowstone not too long ago, and I needed directions, and I had pulled my phone out, and there was no service. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what do I do? How, how do they do this? You know, We're so used to everything being right there that when we pray and we make a request to God that we're like, it ain't happened yet. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, out front? <laughs> but it, when it doesn't happen, we, we start to get discouraged and we determine that it's not going to happen. Or worse, we, we determine that the issue that we're suffering from is too, it's too big, it's too serious. So what you're doing is, like he said, you're putting God in the box, right? You're 
limited in God. God has no limits. We have the limits. Amen. In Matthew 8, 2, 3, I want to read about a man who, with leprosy who approached Jesus. He said, it says, Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you will heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing be healed. And instantly the leprosy was gone. He is willing. You might be asking yourself, well, why, why compare a man with leprosy to whatever I have going on in my life? But I'm not. I'm not comparing the man with leprosy to our problem. I'm comparing the Jesus that was there that cured that man with leprosy with the Jesus that we praise and worship today. Amen. Right? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Right? He's never changing. He's willing then. He is willing now. All you have to do is use your faith voice. Boldly speak it out to him. Now the Bible says that this man had advanced stages of leprosy. I want to read a, a few of them. I didn't even know this myself, but I looked it up. and um, I want to read a couple of the symptoms. you got paralysis and crippling of the hands and feet, shortening of toes and fingers. Due to reabsorption, your, your body reabsorbs your limbs. Chronic non-healing ulcers at the bottom of your feet, constantly walking on thorns and needles. Blindness, loss of eyebrows, nose disfiguration, and that's just a portion of what I took off the internet. I mean, it goes forever. One of the things that, that surprised me was it doesn't really cause death. It's just a lifetime full of, of painful deterioration. It's, it's bad. And just a few words, Jesus healed it. It was, it was like two ingredients, you know, you got faith plus Jesus equals result. Jesus is eager. He wants to help. You always see that image of Jesus knocking on the door, right? And it's up to us to answer. But once we see somebody boldly asking for healing it, this is the second time we've heard this in just this sermon. Somebody speaking up. This man had a life-changing disease. And he still was so confident and sure that Jesus could heal him. He approached him when he's another outcast. Society didn't want him near him. Remember that God um, is our healer. He's the great Position, he always will be. One of the hardest things we can do is is to wait for his timing. I'm I'm so guilty of that. But we have to remember that it's his perfect timing. Everything that I've ever had to wait for, that was given to me as a blessing, came at just the right time. Because honestly, if it came anytime, if the blessings God has blessed me with came any sooner, I wouldn't be right here right now. Amen. Who knows where I'd be? Isaiah 40, 31 says that 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But what does it really mean to, to wait on the Lord? It means to actively expect, look for, and hope in Him. It includes setting aside time to talk to God, read and meditate His words. It's our, it's our, it's our manual for life. How to survive is right here. There's no other book more important than this one. You can sit quietly every morning, just meditate on him, just be in his presence. Me, I like, I personally love to worship. Worship is my thing. I love guitar. Um, I love playing a worship team. Um, can't sing. I can't have everything. <laughs> but singing, or um, singing, uh, playing and listening to worship kind of brings me that feeling of just letting go. You know, when I was in the military and I deployed, the, the first thing they made us do was set up allotments for our, our payments because we can't do nothing down there. There's no real internet, there's no phones. Um, it was, so we didn't come back to foreclosed house, the foreclosed car, you know, car being repossessed. So they made us do that and that, that just gave us that, that peace of mind. Okay, I did this, but the rest is going to be taken care of. That's how I feel when I come to God and I spend time with Him. Um, I even have this app called uh, One Minute Pause. We set it throughout the day and it'll, it'll go off. It's kind of like tying a string around your finger. You're like, oh, it's time. Let me just spend some time with God. Whether it's a minute, it's five minutes. It's whatever you feel, you know. And it's the so cleansing of the world when you get to do that. I know some people are like, oh, I don't have any payments. I don't know about that. <laughs> some people like to see the money. They like to push the button to see the money go. Um, but the time you spend with, with God can renew our bodies, our minds, and our emotions more than anything else that we could possibly do. Right? There's nothing more restoring than that. During these times, the Lord empowers us. He renews our physical, emotional, and mental, spiritual strength just by spending time with him, just by getting closer and building that relationship with God. That's all he ever wants. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to hear about your day. He wants to hear what's going on in your life. He wants to take it from you. He wants to make it easier. If you need a healing in, in some area in your life, I do encourage you to take time each day to at least maybe five minutes. Just get quiet, stop, focus on him. I mean, we go to the doctor's office. We spend time waiting on the doctor. Let's, you know, we sit there like, let's take time to wait on God. Because that's all he's been doing is waiting on us. The great physician. You always say, Medical experts say are practicing medicine, but he's doing it. <laughs> you know, Yahweh Rapha. It doesn't mean, I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm not saying that at all. I believe that all medical knowledge comes from God. All, all knowledge, all good comes from him. I, I believe that he does wonderful things through the hands of doctors. But... 
And I think that we sometimes take our focus and just place it on just that. And we forget where healing truly comes from. You know, it comes from God. God is, is our healer. Humanity is limited. God is not. The enemy wants us to be overwhelmed with the bad. I want you to forget that God is there. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience, obviously. When my wife Lindsay and I got married, the first thing we wanted to do was start a family. We tried, gosh, we tried so long for a couple of years before we decided to see a fertility specialist. And they had determined that there were a few issues. Lindsay had a few surgeries. She had a, a condition called endometriosis. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it, but it, it produced a lot of scar tissue in her fallopian tubes, and um, there was not much flow for the eggs and whatnot. So we went down there, and, and every month, like clockwork, we, we performed this um, fertility treatment, and it just didn't work. Nothing came about it, and until finally they told us, like, well, we can't do this anymore because it's becoming too risky. And uh, they said, but we have a more aggressive approach called IVF, which is in vitro fertilization, where they basically over-hormone the female until they produce mini eggs. They pull them out, and then they fertilize them manually on a petri dish and throw them all in there and hope one sticks. And that's, yeah, that's how John and Kay plus eight, <laughs> they had all them kids. They all stuck. <laughs> but the kicker was this, this procedure was, um, it was $20,000 out of pocket. Ooh. Yeah, it was up front. I had to pay that in cash before they could even do it. And there's no guarantee that it would work. Oh. Yeah. Right, you know? So you'd be back to square one, trying to rack up $20,000 again to try again. You know, the world puts a price on, on having a family. We were looking at um, adoption, and it was, they were like, expect to spend forty to 50000 mm -hmm. Like, man. <laughs> they told us we had a 4% chance of being getting pregnant naturally. 4%. I mean, we were devastated. <laughs> I mean, we, we just spent all this time, now you're telling us there's only 4%, so now we're looking at this like, well, this is our only chance. We're ne it's never going to happen. But something snapped at us because all Lindsay ever wanted was to be a mom. So we began praying. We began, you know, we're, we're going to take this to God. We're going to, we know you're, we've already tapped you guys out, so we're going to take this to God. We started praying every day. And then we started getting other people. We started getting prayer warriors out of church together. They prayed prayed over us and it was just so beautiful to be prayed over and to have follow, followers of Christ just praying on the same thing. So beautiful. We pray every single day that God would breathe life into Lindsay's womb. Just once. <laughs> That's all it takes. And we started praying I don't know when it changed. We, we were always praying, God, 
Please bless us with a child. Bless life into Lindsay's womb. Because we know you can. And somehow it changed. I don't even remember when it changed. And it started, it, we started praying, Lord, thank you for this blessing of a child that we know that you're sending us. We Amen. know. Yes, it went from please to a thank you because we knew he'd already answered our prayers. We just hadn't gotten there yet. Amen. Because it it's in God's timing. God has the perfect time. Like I said, if we had a child years before, I would have been in engineering school. Maybe I wouldn't. But I wouldn't have gone to seminary. I wouldn't have converted my life. My life went from this way to this way real quick. And it's because God was tapping me with his shepherd cane. He said, no, no, no. We got to go this way. Even though I fought against it, it was like when you take your hands off the wheel of a steering of a car and starts doing that natural curve. I kept fighting it. God's like, no, no, no. I finally gave it, gave it to him. We finally got pregnant and it lasted six weeks and uh, there was no heartbeat. We were sad, but we also knew we beat that 4%, right? It was devastating, but at the same time, there was a glimmer of light in that. We weren't doing backflips or anything, you know. <laughs> but four months later, we got pregnant again with my oldest Christian. And uh, It's funny that you used to always say, well, God turned 4% into 100%. But I can't even say that anymore. Because he turned it into 200%. Because we have two boys that the world said we couldn't have. Amen. But medical said it was impossible. It became completely possible with God. I want to encourage you guys moving forward to, uh, to just give it to him. Everything in your life. No matter what kind of pain, struggle, illness you're dealing with, just pray to God because he's covering all of those things. Just pray God's word over your lives. Put on the armor of God. I mean, this world wants to see you fail. They want to see you give up. And God will lead you on the straight path. <clears throat> Go where God has led you and give the rest to him. Mm -hmm. Have faith in that. Healing may not come immediately. It may not come in the way that you imagine it. But it will come. So have faith in him and, and his perfect timing. God has begun a good work in you guys. I know. I can feel it. Just walking in this building. Just see it through. Because he loves you so much. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be with just a wonderful bunch of, of followers, God. 
I just love you. We just love your praises and your healing, God. We just, I just pray that that somebody here that needs healing and is too afraid to just boldly ask for it from you, just shouts it out, just boldly proclaiming you as their healer and their Lord. God, I love you, and I just ask that you bless this community, you bless these people in this church, just wonderful things, God, and just be with Pastor Allen and his family as they travel, God, and bless them, Lord, and I just thank you again from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I was told that if you wanted to partake in, um, I just remembered to the door, I'm sorry, but there's a uh, communion over here if you guys would like to um, like individually take it. Thank you, brother. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for revealing such a good